Well, hi, welcome to The Good Table. This is Morgan Young, and believe it or not, I have a, a great guest with me today at The Good Table. Uh, this is my friend Sarah Pate, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so my name is Sarah. I'm 19 years old. I just finished my freshman year at Butler University, where I'm a pharmacy major, and I am an Enneagram 3. <laughs> okay, which, which for people who don't know the Enneagram... What does that mean? Um, I am the achiever. I am very goal-oriented. Um, I care a lot about what people think about me. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the big downsides of it. I don't know. What else is important about threes? <laughs> that's get, Threes get things done. That's, yeah. what, that's what I need to know because I'm an eight. Yeah. So I'm always taking the hill and I'm confronting people and I need threes around me to get things done. Exactly. Yeah. We're a good pair. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, what else about you? Um, I'm a huge fan of live music. Dave Matthews is my favorite. John Mayer's right up there, too. I spend a ridiculous amount of my income on concert tickets, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you, you have any favorite venues that you like to go to more than others? Um, Deer Creek is always a favorite of mine <laughs> i've started calling it deer creek again because ruoff home mortgage center oh, just does not cut it <laughs> the worst name ever yeah i'm so with you i'm 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 the same place deer creek let's yeah. just cut to it right yeah <laughs> yeah so um okay because i know because i know you have known you even though i haven't really known you very well i've known you your whole life right uh, my first my <laughs> My first recollection was seeing you in a little soapbox derby car. Oh, my goodness. Taking your picture <laughs> for the Kokomo Perspective probably 10 years ago Yeah. or so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was like the first time, like, really, because you were like, I remember just, I, I've got stuff of the picture. You're <laughs> sitting in your car, and you just look like you just little miss intensity i was determined yeah i was like little miss independent i was like i'm winning this race <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so because i again because i know you would you mind telling us a little bit i mean about your big childhood struggle yeah i mean because it's just it's very unique and I, I when i think of you it's hard to picture you without this defining you in some ways oh for sure it yeah. is um yeah so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, um, an autoimmune disease, when I was 10 years old. It was exactly a month after my 10th birthday. Um, it has shaped my life in ways like I had never imagined. I was actually just thinking about this recently um, because I just had my last appointment as a patient at Riley Hospital. And um, I mean, it has literally shaped like just my whole thought process on life, my faith, and even like my career that I'm going into. It's mm. been so integral in my life. I, I honestly don't know who I would be if I had not gotten that diagnosis and experienced the things that I have yeah. through having it. Yeah. Like one thing I always observed about you as a, like a teenager, like in high school, is you always seem to have a seriousness about you <laughs> or a kind of a, a grown up quality, so yeah. to speak. And do you, does that come from that, do you think, or not? I think it does. Well, part of it, I think, is deeply rooted in my personality. Um, but definitely a huge part of, like, me feeling like I have a personal responsibility to my own health and, like, to my own, like, future well-being 
has stemmed from growing up with a disease. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody needed needed to know that to know that there's somebody else out there that's dealing with that deal. Yeah. But but it's going well in your life. It is going well. Yeah. There's always um, interesting surprises that are never expected. But right now, it's going well. <laughs> okay. Well, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, you are here. Um, this is all your fault that we're both here. It is my fault. Right? Completely. So, yeah. Because you, you, I don't know how many weeks ago this was or a month or whatever, you texted me. And you want to tell, <laughs> what was the text about? So <laughs> it was like a Sunday afternoon and my family was just like running all over the place. Like we have so much to do. There's this, 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 and this that needs to get done. And it all needs to happen today. And I had made a joke like, guys, it's the Sabbath. <laughs> like we have to observe the Sabbath, even though we never, we never do that. <laughs> but then after I made that joke, I was like, oh, wait, like we don't practice the Sabbath. And it actually really made me think about just the need for rest in our lives and how that just is not present enough at all. Hmm. So then I texted you and I was like, hey, <laughs> you need to do a podcast on this because I see this not only in my own life, in my family's life, but just as a whole society. And I re like I remember saying to you, you know, Jesus did this and, you know, I just feel like it must be important if he did it. So yeah. Yeah. What's the significance? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I thought, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you in was I think it's really easy for people that are older and people older can mean, I mean, 30 year olds and up to think that your age group, your generation like owns the corner on energy. <laughs> yeah. Right. We just think, oh, come on. She's 19. She's 20. Man, she can just go all day, all night, three hours of sleep. Good. Yeah. But you're finding already that that's not. No, not the case. That's not the case. And I will say what's interesting in my life is growing up with the disease. Um, it takes a toll on my body, like on a day to day basis. Um, I don't have the same energy level that a lot of people my age do. So I find that I have to build in time into my life for physical rest. Hmm. But it's hard for me to find time for emotional rest and like the soul rest. That yeah the Sabbath is really talking about. Yeah, which I, I think that's a great term. Like you said, the soul rest. Because, like, who talks about it in those terms? Uh, like John Ortberg. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, it. Yes, yes, which we'll talk more about John yeah. later. But, yeah, soul soul rest. Everybody talks about, like, you know, got to get the best mattress. Yeah. Got to gotta get the best my pillow or whatever, right? But it's, like, something deeper. Right. Yeah. So, all right, so let's... Um, your wish is my command, so we're, we're going to talk about um, ways to get rest. And um, I got some, I got some things like mapped out here, rough, but like everything at the good table, it, it flows, it's organic, it's a conversation. So jump in whenever you want. Okay. Um, you know, when I think about rest, I think of the word leadership, which I don't think most people put those two together, because I think rest and the soul, it's a self leadership issue. Yeah. Which again, I don't think people I don't think people talk about it in those terms. 
and and the imagery I always like and I always think about and I don't I don't remember I sure didn't create this but I heard it years ago and it made a lot of sense to me was the whole the bucket like <laughs> love with the bucket the, <laughs> love the bucket like uh. our, our life is this bucket and you know all day long we're dipping out of it right it's like school needs some of my stuff and you dip out of it for that and your family needs some and your friends need some and if you got a job you, you know and it's like this bucket is continually getting emptied by like all the demands, mm-hmm. right? And on top of that, I always say like, oh yeah, and your bucket leaks. Yeah. Right? Because Why does it leak? Because like the bucket is kind of our soul, right? It's our whole being. And we don't us- we're not usually great at like taking care of our bucket, right? <laughs> yeah. So it gets, it's leaky. And so, you know, the question is always like, you know, how do we refill that bucket or as John Ortberg would say, how do we refill our soul? Right. Right. Cause that's really what we're talking about. So, um, everything we're going to talk about today is really about, you know, how do we f- put something back in? Because we, we know everything that's taken it out. Right. Right. Um, and you know, the first thing I, I, I think we have to come to terms with when we're talking about this is, are we really okay? Like making time for us. And that sounds like, you know, the most simple thing, but it's like, if we are not ready to kind of put ourselves first in some ways in our life, which sounds weird, maybe even for me as a pastor saying, put yourself first, but there have to be days when that happens, right? right. Or, or parts of the day when that happens. Right. But if you're a person who, and I think this has a lot to do with maybe our personality types, because for me as an Enneagram 8, if somebody goes, Morgan, you need to put yourself first sometimes. I'd be like, darn right I do. You, like, heck yes, I do. That's how I function. <laughs> yeah. But for diff- but for other personality types that are like, you know, helper types. Oh, yeah. And, they're, you know, people that are really concerned about how the rest of the world is doing. That's a big deal. Right. And so I just think it's important before we get into kind of more than nuts and bolts of it. Somebody out there needs to hear that, man, you you got to be okay with making yourself a priority yeah. because, you know, doing self-care isn't selfish. And I think as Americans, we think that it is selfish. Like, yeah. oh, I come last. Everybody else comes first. But, you know, I always think it of in terms of like, uh, like stewardship. Right. Like I've got to steward who I am. I've got to steward, you know, Morgan Young, because if I don't. You can't. You can't give to other people. No, I've got nothing for you. I've got nothing for my wife, Sandra, right? I've got nothing for, you know, the church in Flora mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So it's like it's stewarding this thing that God gave you. And so it's this is like one of the hacks of how do we live our best life? Self-care, right? Self-leadership. Is, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, so the, the first thing, first principle is to um, surround yourself with life-giving people and actively hang out with them. And I think the first part is easy because, you know, to say, hey, do you, do you, do you have life-giving people in your life? Like, I know you well enough to know the answer is. It's yes, for uh, sure. <laughs> absolutely. But the, the second half of it is, you know, how often or how actively are you putting those people in your life, right? Right. Because, again, I think it's, I think it's so easy um, to think about those kind of relationships as, you know what, if I get if I get around to it. Yeah. What's really interesting with just 
I personally am a very introverted person. I love my quiet time yeah. <laughs> and I love um, just having time by myself, but I will see like when I am surrounding myself by life giving people, I don't get as exhausted as I normally would. Um, and actually like it almost feels like I might be an extroverted person when I'm around those life giving people. Mm. Cause I'm like, wow, like I love this. I'm thriving off of this. I feel better yeah. because I'm with these people. So yeah, I definitely see the value in that for sure. Yeah. It, it's so interesting, interesting the way you described it. Cause there's almost this physiological and there probably is, I mean, I'm not smart enough to know, <laughs> yeah, but, right? sure. but there's probably some physiological thing where you are generating energy right. from, from these people. Uh, when I think about this, um, I think of one of my really good friends who unfortunately passed away and he's kind of left a hole in my life in some ways, because the one thing I always loved about this guy was he wasn't, um, he wasn't a go to church guy, Okay. but he was very, he's very spiritual. In some ways he was like one of the most Christ-like people I ever knew, Yeah. but he didn't go to church and that wasn't his thing. And one of the things I liked about him was when I hung out with him for me as a pastor, which is like can be a very draining deal sometimes. Yeah. He would like hardly ever ask me about it. Really? But he would always ask me how I was doing because again, this guy was very Jesus-like. Mm -hmm. And so he would be great at like, you know, focusing on me, but not like, hey, tell me all the stuff that's going on at church. That, you know, I'm, right. not, I'm not trying to like subtly slam my church friends <laughs> who always want to know what's going on at church. But, but like, it's important to ask how you are doing. Yes, yeah. And How's he, your soul? <laughs> and he was, and he wouldn't, he would never use that term. Right. But when I was around George, my soul always felt cared for. And I'm going to like get all teary if I'm not <laughs> careful right here. And I think it's, a, when I think about younger people, I think it's, I can remember being, you know, a younger, much younger person and thinking, okay, in high school or whatever, I only had a couple really close friends. When I get older, that's going to change because I don't have a lot of close friends because it's just high school. I'm in a small pool. I'll get out of school and I'll be a much bigger pool and I'll have a lot more closer friends, which is bogus, right? <laughs> Didn't happen. No. And, and so I think, I think it's important for us to know that, hey, if we've got two or three really close, you know, life-giving friends, then that's a big deal. Right. And I think if people don't have that in their life, if they can't confidently say, yes, I have these life-giving people in my life, like you need to seek that out. Yeah. Because those friendships are like insanely valuable. Yeah. Again, great term, insanely valuable. But how many people ever talk about, hey, what's the quality of your friend list like? Right. Not very often. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never heard anybody bug me about that. Right. Right. And so, you, you know, you already answered the question. You have a lot of, you know, amazing people in your life. How how good are you at being intentional about being, you know, with people on your short list? Um, like I said, I'm very introverted, so I definitely have to make a more conscious effort to spend time with those people in my life because I naturally could be like, oh, I'll just sit by myself you know, studying all day or, you know, getting things done. But then I'm like, I'm ignoring some of the most valuable relationships that I have. So I will 
have to like consciously schedule in time like hey do you want to go grab dinner or do this or that um just to make sure that i'm staying in touch with those people and you know filling them up as they are filling me up in my own life so i find it's harder for me to do that when i get busy because i get focused on my goals right right (laughs) but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm very similar in that because I, I, I too am an introvert mm-hmm. and recharge by being alone. And um, again, I love being alone because again, I'm recharging and it feels good. But it's really funny, um, like especially I've, the last several weeks I've been on vacation. Yeah. Several weeks, that's right. Um, <laughs> What's it's, it like? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but there'll be times when I've been in the house like all day and I'm all, it's almost weird. It's almost like, what's that feeling that I'm feeling that's like unsettled? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's loneliness. I'm lonely right now. Like I could really use some human contact. Yes. Yeah. And again, I mean, different personality types are different, right? Some personality types naturally, they're always going to think people first. Mm-hmm. But the way I'm wired, I have to kind of like, oh, what's what's my problem? <laughs> oh, I'm lonely. I need some people time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm for sure the same way. <laughs> All right, so we need to have some great life-giving people, and we need to like actively put those people in our schedule, right? Yeah. Um, I think the next the next thing is the, the great question, and you mentioned it when we were you know talking at the beginning is, is there Sabbath in your life? And I think this is a great question. Like even if for people that are listening that aren't into Jesus, I mean, the concept is so good. I mean, like, is there a day? a week, just one day a week where you're like a human being and not a human doing. Oh, right. <laughs> that kind of hurt. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's our life, right? Right. That's, that's America. And I love my to-do lists. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more satisfying than marking something off of my list. Yeah. Yeah. I like I have lists. I have actually I I love in my iPhone now that when I make a list I can put a little dot next to it yeah. that you can just Oh, the checklist? Yes. You oh, can all actually the time. put a check in. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's so much more satisfying than erasing it. Right. Cuz when I erase it I can't see that I did it, but now when I look at all those check marks, I'm like, yes. Look at what stuff. I've done. So yeah, the Sabbath thing, it's it's about intentionality, it's about are you willing to put yourself in your calendar? Which is a funny thing because, I mean, we're living with these calendars in our phone and reminders and everything. But it's like, when are we, when do we ever put ourselves in the calendar? Yeah. And if you don't, I mean, it's just, you know, the (laughs) the situation you described. It's like, it's Sunday. We got a zillion things to do. I mean, you got to, you got to mark it off, right? Yeah. If you don't build it in, it's not just going to appear. Exactly. Like, it'll never happen, yeah. right? There's always something else to do. Yeah. Life just always crowds into your space, right? Yeah. And this on this subject, I think it's important for people to know that it's okay to tell people, other people, that they're busy. Yeah. Even though busy means I'm going to sit in my den with a book for the next three hours. They don't have to know that. Yeah, you don't have to tell them exactly what's on your calendar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if you, but again, if you don't, I mean, that's protecting your sacred space, right? Yeah. And I think that can be hard to do because, at least for my age group, 
if people are like, hey, let's do this or let's hang out, if you say no, like there usually is a good excuse behind it. Right. Because the expectation is if you are invited and you have the time, then you're going to be there. Yeah. Especially when it's close friends. Yeah. Well, and here's my little here's my little life hack. Anytime ask any anytime people ask me for my time, I almost always respond with, "Let me check my calendar." And th- and this is it's a funny thing, but like somehow when you say, "Let me check the calendar," you're like empowering something there, because then you get back with them and you say, "You know what? I'm just not. I checked and I'm not available." Yeah. And <laughs> it sounds really bona fide, doesn't it? It does. You know, I checked with my calendar. My oh, calendar I'm said. I'm just so busy. I'm so sorry. I have so many important appointments going on. A lot of people need my time. That's that's right. That's <laughs> Including right. myself. But you're also kind of making some kind of statement that you, you know, protect and respect your time. Right. Right. And if you have it to give, you will. But on this particular day, you don't. So, um, and this is tough. I think depending on your place in life, you know, I think a lot of times for high school kids, this is super tough. I mean, especially like, you know, you were someone who was really active, you know, in dance through high school. Yeah. And so like dance is a whole career unto itself. And Mm -hmm. then you're taking AP classes and you've got all this homework and you've got stuff to do. And it's like, when does Sabbath ever happen? Right? Yeah. Um, I actually had this instance my senior year I mean I had just gone through a season of complete busyness like nonstop. I felt like so many different things were pulling for my attention all the time and they wanted all of my attention hmm. all the time and I, I was just spread so thin and I was so worn out and finally there's one weekend in the spring where I was like I've, I've just had enough like hmm. I just need to get away so I ended up, <laughs> I got home from school on a Friday afternoon and I packed up my car and I put my dog in there with me and I texted my parents. I was like, hey, I'm going to our lake house for the weekend. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Please. I need some time to be by myself. And it was it was early spring, so it was still cold out. Like, I couldn't really, like, enjoy the lake per se. Yeah. Uh, even though just being on it is, like amazing in and of itself but I just spent that weekend by myself and with my dog and I spent a lot of time you know like journaling or in prayer or reading or watching old movies on like VHS tapes (laughs) (laughs) because that's all we have up there Um, but it was interesting because that was one of the only times when I've been like oh my gosh like I need to step back and find some rest in my life. And even when I was there, it was so fulfilling to me, but hmm. I found myself like looking at my dog like, "Okay, what's next?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do I do with my time now? Right. Right. Cuz there was nothing drawing me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's such a it's such a tough thing to deal with. And and I think it's important to know that I mean, you have you have some runs in your life where you've got two or three weeks where you just have to bust it. Yeah. Which I think, so I think it's important if, you know, you're talking to people that are in a really busy, you know, like college kids, high school kids, I think of like new moms and dads, Mm -hmm. you know, or people with, you know, several young kids and there's just, there's a lot of stuff to do and it's not, it's just not simple to say, well, this day, nothing's happening. Right. So I think sometimes it makes more sense 
if that's where you are in an extra busy time, to not just look at a week, but to like look at a month at a glance. And I think it can be really helpful saying, you know what, I know I, I'm not going to have a chance to catch my breath these next two weeks. But then that third week on that Wednesday, I'm blocking that out because I can do it. Yeah. And really look at a, at a bigger picture. Right. Because sometimes it's just you can't. It's just I wish I wish I weren't saying that, but I just know enough people to know. Right. That you just can't. You can't. So look at a bigger picture. So Sabbath, you know. Sabbath. <laughs> is it, are you Sabbathing? Um, this next one is one of my favorites. I heard this um, a few years ago at a leadership summit um, at the Willow, uh, Willow Creek Leadership Summit, and it's about finish lines. And I love this. This is the idea that you have a time in each day where you're just going to stop. You have, you have a finish. So you have a daily finish line. You have a weekly finish line. If you're really good, you have a monthly finish line. And almost everybody has an annual finish line called a vacation. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that you look forward to because the reality is for all of us, man, there's just always more work than there is day. Yeah. Right? And so unless you say, I'm not working past 6 o'clock, I'm not working past 5, I'm not, whatever it is. But it's just this discipline of just saying, I'm done. And, you know, and part of this is, to me, saying you're done because you're knowing there's more stuff to do all the time, it's like a spiritual thing. Oh, yeah. It's like acknowledging, like, okay, I'm not God. Like, if I don't do everything. It's okay. It's absolutely. I have such a hard time with that. I would say (laughs) out of everything, finish lines is my weakest point. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. I was up until 3 a.m. the other night just hammering out some of my summer school stuff. Wow. Because I just, I I had to get it done. I couldn't, I couldn't not get it done. Because you're a three. I'm a three. (laughs) (laughs) And I regretted it the next day because I got like four hours of sleep. But at the same time, I'm like, oh man, I got that done. Like, look at what I got to mark off my list. Yeah. And yeah, I'm bad at, I'm really bad at setting those boundaries of this is when I'm going to stop and that's it. Because I... I would go until 3 a.m. every night if my body could keep up with it. Wow. Yeah, and I I think our phones also make this really hard, right? Because it's, I mean, several years ago now, I stopped my email notifications on my phone. And I even moved it off of my front screen on my phone. So I don't even see how many emails are there. Oh, I should do that. So (laughs) so my, my, my phrase is, you know, are you checking email or is email checking you? And so to me, it's just one of those things that, no, I'm going to decide when I'm in there. But but again, with these phones popping and those little red dots on our phones, it's like we got to manage it, right? Oh, absolutely. And I've talked to you about this before, about kind of setting some boundaries with my phone. Um, like I will delete my social media apps off of my phone so that there's not even the potential for a distraction for like weeks at a time. Yeah. And I think... Like towards the end of this past semester, I didn't have any social media on my phone for like five weeks, I think is what it was, maybe even six weeks. And it was so refreshing. Hmm. And I felt like I had so much more time, even though I wouldn't say I spend a ton of time on social media to begin with. But I also found myself like, where where's that extra busyness at? Like it was 
it was a sense of quietness that I had never oh, wow. experienced before. Wow. So you, you took those apps off and you gained some quiet. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was amazing, but it was also kind of eerie. I was like, oh, what am I missing out on? Whatever. Like, I would say the first couple of days are always the hardest. Like, I don't, I don't miss having it when it's not there. But it is strange because I'm like, oh, what am I missing out on? And I'll get texts from people. Did you see what I sent you on Twitter? Did you see what I sent you on Instagram? Did you see this? Did you see that? And I'm like, <laughs> I just have to step back and be like, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't hold that weight in my life that I need to have it there. And especially if I'm in a busy season, I'm like, it's, it's not worth my time. Yeah. And that, that fear of missing out. Oh yeah. It's a real, it's a real thing, right? Yeah. So it took me a while to come to terms with just being okay that I was going to miss out on some stuff because (laughs) the world keeps turning. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Good for you. Um, so yeah, finish lines. Yeah. I love them. It keeps me sane. I'm horrible at them. (laughs) Well, and, and it's like, one of the things that helps me with this is, um, like, so when I leave work, I leave work yeah, and I'm done. But if I'm driving home or I'm sitting in the living room, chilling out, and then what happens, you start to relax and then things start to come to your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I use the phone, I use Siri to just capture those thoughts and I'll, and I'll say, Hey Siri, you know, remind me tomorrow to, <laughs> that was <laughs> your series. That awake. was Siri. Siri's in the room, but I'll just tell her, I'll capture it and, you know, and I'll ask her to remind me tomorrow at nine o'clock about whatever it is. Right. And so I've captured it. It's there and I can continue on chilling out and not focusing on work. I think that's really hard to do as a college student, which I was not expecting because like you live at school. Yeah. Um, I had a really hard time this year learning when it was okay to put the work away and leave the library or, Mm. you know, put the stuff away at my desk and just go to bed. Because for me, I felt like school was pulling at me everywhere I went. Yeah. Um, cause you're, cause it literally is everywhere. It it literally is everywhere, Yeah. which I love, but at the same time, it definitely requires a discipline that I didn't know I needed. Yeah. That's great. I think yeah. there's, there's college students need to, this, you're, you're ringing somebody's bell right now. Like in, I, can I tell. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so one of the last things I got is, um, this really simple question, but I'm surprised at how many people that I know cannot answer it. And the question is what refuels you? What refuels you? And I can remember my best story about this was, this was, gosh, this was like 13 years ago. I was leading a creative meeting. And so to get the juices going, I was like, hey, I passed out some some cart, some poster board and some colored pencils and whatever. And I said, hey, draw a picture of something that nobody else knows about you. Okay. And even though I would lead these things, I would like, I had this discipline about, I wouldn't think about these things until it was time to do them. So I would be engaged with, okay. the, with yeah. the team. And so I started sketching out 
what it would look like to be behind of some motorcycle handle handlebars mm-hmm. in my horrible artistic way because I <laughs> cannot draw anything. And and so the thing was, nobody knows that I would really love to have a big old motorcycle. And this was 13 years ago, and I hadn't talked about this with anyone. Hmm. And I didn't really know it was there until I had this kind of quiet space to like think about what am I going to draw. Oh. And so then I'm like, I you know started all my logical you know <laughs> thoughts of well my kids are little this doesn't make any <laughs> this doesn't make any sense you know maybe when the kids are you know older and out of college and whatever then you know then it would be pragmatic to own a motorcycle yeah but I kept thinking about it more because I'm you know at that time I was forty and I'm like well who knows how long I'm going to live not to be morose yeah or who knows what kind of you know my health will be at that age or whatever and I'm like don't I have all this stress in my life now? Like just get the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those. <laughs> too bad we don't have another microphone here. We could have Sandra talk. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she had some stuff to say about it. Yeah. Cause it, and because it started like, you what? But, you want a, a excuse me? <laughs> but, you know, the amazing woman Sandra is, I mean, she came around to, because it wasn't about the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was about refueling. Is it, it is about, it was about you know, being at a point in your life where a lot of things are demanding and what are you doing that refuels you? Yeah. And so, you know, we didn't go out and buy a $30,000 motorcycle or anything, <laughs> you know, but we bought a really nice motorcycle. And and again, it's like sometimes you have to spend money Yeah. on what refuels you. I mean, you were talking earlier about you spend an incredible amount of money on concerts. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. And it's and for you it's money well spent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's so funny to hear you say that about the motorcycle because as long as I've like really known you, that's been just a part of your life. You know, we'll see you rolling up to Main Street Cafe <laughs> on the motorcycle. Oh, there's Morgan on his motorcycle again. Like and it's in your Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Morgan yeah. Young, the motorcyclist. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Because it's like, you know, what I found is things that require a lot of attention. Like when you when you ride a motorcycle, you really have to pay attention to, so you don't get killed. Yeah. Right? And so when I'm when you're paying a lot of attention to something, that means you're not paying a lot of attention to all those other right. work-related things. Which is the same, the same reason I, I found myself kind of fell into shooting handguns. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you put something deadly in your hand you have to really focus everything you've got on that that's such an eight thing to it, say <laughs> but I, I mean it was an accident i mean yeah. one, one day a, a buddy of mine who's in the service he's like hey you want to go shooting and i'm like i've never been let's go yeah and i i was thinking about it after the fact and i was like why do i feel so good right now mm-hmm. it, in other words it wasn't because i love guns right like oh i fell in love with guns it's like no I let everything else go for that hour we were at the range. Right. And so now I'm fresh to come back to things. Yeah. And I mean, it was funny, like even like this podcast is on the list now. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because one of the things I do, you know, in my job at church is I write a lot and I talk a lot. And you would think, well, why would I do that in my spare time? But it's like, I love the creativity of, well, what am I going to talk about today? Who am I going to have in? Yeah, and you get to choose. And I get to choose, right? And so when I was just putting up my notes together for our conversation, I was just, I kind of said out loud, like, thanks, God. Yeah. You know, 
and because I kind of had a busy day for for a vacation day before this, but I was like, <laughs> I bet I could, I bet I could get this podcast, and I bet I hope Sarah can make it so we yeah. can do this because this would be fun to do today. Yeah, and you can just throw it in, and it's refreshing and refueling, and it's amazing. Yeah. So again, thanks for being here. Thanks oh, for no problem. <laughs> first, first female guest ever. Oh my gosh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's important to be realistic about all this stuff. Because I, I think when you when you start talking about rest, it's easy for some people to kind of go, oh, so life's just going to be bliss now. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's just going to slow down and it's going to be calm. But I love how John Ortberg, um, in his book, Soul Keeping, he talks about busy versus hurried. And I really, it's, this was really clarifying when I read this. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this list of this is what busy feels like. He says, busy is a full schedule. It's many activities. It's an outward condition. It's physically demanding, and it reminds me that I need God. And that's what busy is. And he said, versus hurried. And hurried means you're preoccupied. It means you're unable to be fully present. It's an inner condition of the soul. It's spiritually draining, and it causes me to be unavailable to God. That hurts. It hurts so bad, right? Yeah, because I think it describes me and the majority of the people I know. Yeah, we're hurried. I I mean, the one phrase in his list that really got me was unable to be fully present. Um, There's so many times when, I mean, just being sometimes in the room with Sandra or, or different people, I just feel like a voice tells me, dude, just be present. Just be all there. Yeah, just be, and it's, and it's, can be the hardest thing. Yeah. I find that sometimes it takes me a while to just relax into not being drawn to other places when I'm just trying to be present with people. Yeah. Like I will be (laughs) almost like mentally searching for distractions Mm. because it's such a part of our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the same time, um, any like when you let, let's say you when you run into somebody, like if I'm down at the cafe, Main Street Cafe <laughs> or something, when I run into somebody who I haven't seen for a long time, and they just like kind of stop and just kind of square up and look me in the eyes and say, "Man, how are you doing?" Like the, they're them being fully present, it like marks you, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. There's such a difference in spending time with someone that's you know, checking their phone or looking around the room or whatever. And then just being with someone who like truly just wants to be present with you. Yeah. There's like, there's an importance there that we need to feel like as humans and relationally that we don't get as often as we should. Yeah. I, I'm, I try to get better at this one all the time. And there's, (laughs) Man, there's some days I'm like, I'm killing that game. And there's other days where I'm just like, ugh, if they knew my inner dialogue. Oh, yeah. Right? It would be embarrassing. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Well, uh, this I, when he's talking about busy and hurried, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about this idea of rest and how it affects this place that's this deep, deep place inside all of us, right? The soul. And I, I love this uh, – uh, quote by Blaise Pascal, and he wrote this in the 1600s. 
All right. A minute ago. Yeah, a minute <laughs> ago. So 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 remember this. He wrote this in the 1600s, not in the 1950s. He said, "I have discovered that all the unhappiness of men and women arises from one single fact: that they are unable to stay quietly in their own room." Mm. And I'm like, if that doesn't get you, um, and I just think about that whole practice of quiet solitude. Yeah. And I wonder, like, how many times when we get in the car or when we walk in the house, do we just like, we're just on autopilot. We don't even think about it, but it's like, boom, radio or, you know, the music is up. The TV goes on. Netflix goes on. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of don't think about it. Yeah, that's really hard. And I think one of the things that I've been asking myself a lot ever since I started thinking about this concept of Sabbath and is it in my life um, is just like, do I have moments of quiet in my day to day life and not just necessarily like one day a week? Like, am I building that quiet into my life? Yeah. So I know you and I have talked about the not having music in the car, which I just can't do. I, I've tried it a couple of times and I get so uncomfortable with myself. I'm like, I just, I can't do it right now. So I haven't done that. But one thing that I have worked on doing is like building quiet into my like evening bedtime routine. Mm. So, you know, if that means letting myself take an extra long shower and just like be quiet and by myself yeah, or, um, giving myself extra time to like read my devotionals and spend time with God, like in the evenings, then I need to be more careful about building those quiet moments into my life. And even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes, that can be so valuable to just slow down for like a second. Yeah. And and I think that's a, that's a great point. Like if you really think that rest only happens, you know, at the end of your week on, on your Sabbath and not all along the way, Man, you're missing opportunities, right? Yeah. And you're going to drain yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think reclaiming every minute that we can. Yeah. Like you're saying like, okay, the extra long shower or whatever it is. And for me, I mean, there are times when I have music raging in my car and <laughs> you know, from the jam band channel on my <laughs> XM. Um and then there's other times when I'm going places, I'm going to meet someone I'm going to a meeting and there's nothing going on because I'm just trying to be um, preparing myself to be fully present yeah. with those people that I'm going to be with. Or I'm trying to be open to what does God want to say to me before I get around these people. That's so smart. So I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but I think that's a great thing to say because I think everything that we're talking about here is it's all the the discipline of rest, isn't it? Yeah. The discipline of Sabbathing, the, the the discipline of, you know, reclaiming some of our time. Right. And it's it's a practice. I mean, like like we said earlier, it doesn't just happen. Yeah. You have to be very intentional about it. But I think this quiet, this idea of 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 quiet solitude, I the reason I think it's so important, um, and maybe the reason it's so rare, is that those are the times when I think when we can most uh, most sense God. Yeah. Most sense God's voice in our life. And, and if, you know, for people who are listening, like, I'm not into Jesus or hear your own voice. Yeah. Hear your own soul. Right. Because I, I think there's times when 
we're just not listening to our own soul, our own self, because we're going from A to B to C to D. And when we're quiet, we can hear those aches of our soul of, I'm lonely, or I feel inadequate, or whatever it is. Right. But those are th- those are things. The soul and 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 the voice of God are really hard to hear when there's other stuff going on. Yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to tune into that. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, again, hey, give it to old Blaze in the 1600s. <laughs> You know, I've discovered that all the unhappiness of men and women arises from one single fact, that they are unable to stay quietly in their own room. So, Blaze gets the last word of the day. Way to go, Blaze. (laughs) For those of you, you know, trying to name a kid, Blaze, you know, know. maybe that's it. Throwback to the 1600s. All right, so just a, a quick recap. I mean, who are the life-giving people in your life, and are you actively hanging out with them? And is there Sabbath in your life? Are you practicing finishing lines? And what refuels you? And, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff today, but there's, in, in so many ways, we like just scratch the surface. Um, and so if people are listening and you want to know more about it, this book... I've been reading it on and off over the past year. I started it last summer, Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. You know, we 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 have thrown the, the word soul around a handful of times a, a day or today and man, he really does a great job of explaining what that is, how do we access yes. it? Um so many great things that have to do with rest and Sabbath and your soul. Again, even if you're not into Jesus, I would say, man, this give this book a read and it, I think it would help you, you know rest in a, in a serious way. Well, I th- really appreciate you being here today on such sh- such short notice. Yeah, thank you over for here. having me. Absolutely. And for people who are listening, I really want to uh, put the ask out there. If you're listening to this, if you're enjoying what we're doing here around the good table, um, man, please share this with, with people um, so we can get the word out. Um, I, I hope what's happening here is is profitable and good <laughs> for people's soul on some level. So I really, again, appreciate people sharing it. Um, well, this is Morgan Young and Sarah Pate, <laughs> and we are so glad that you could be with us here at the good table.